are dead! We are all dead! We were supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! This whole thing is insane! This whole thing is insane! 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at a stake. What do all men with power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane! Man is evil, capable of nothing but destruction! Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert. Of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is, it just is. Especially with the latest AB Live. Audio version for thee in this eternal now in Red Pill Cafeteria. Jeff Polari materialize at the virtual Alexandria to revitalize the tarot, to say the least. He writes, Using the tarot only for divination is like using a car only to store gasoline. By incorporating hand game plays, rediscovered archetypes, and new innovative rules, seekers can leverage this ancient tradition in new ways. This reboot is based on his book, Arcane Arcade, and his app, The Handmade Tarot Game. Prepare to have your mind expanded and reality dispended. As you can see, knowledge is power, and there is no better resource to overcoming the Archons in your life than streaming or downloading, at your convenience, Astronosis 2, Meet the Archons. Immerse yourself in the Aeon magic at the Theosophical Society. Enjoy more than 12 hours of mind-blowing insights from renowned scholars and visionaries, covering everything from the historical origins of the Archons to psychological interpretations and rituals for individual liberation. The feedback has been phenomenal. The price is too good to be of this world, and sales do help fund the next conference, which we're planning already. Don't forget, if you join the Virtual Alexandria Academy... Meet the Archons is added at no extra cost. The Demiurge shudders and Sophia laughs. Don't forget my voiceover availability for any podcast, video game, commercial, audiobook, documentary, or whatever. I'll bring you stellar results with down-to-home professionalism. And don't forget, I do have an Amazon wish list and a fantastic merch store if you want to support there. Other than that, let us to our latest AB Live. Knowledge is power, but you still gotta write your own gospel, live your own myth. The mystery of life isn't a problem to solve, but a reality to experience. A process that cannot be understood by stopping it. We must move with the flow of the process. We must join it. We must flow with it. Welcome, everybody, to Aeon Bite, 
My name is Miguel Connor, and I am your Pompadas of Gnosis. Take a load off Fanny. Take a load for free. Let's see who gets that little secret message. But welcome, everybody. You've just seen uh, an intro video for those of you watching on video on the Virtual Alexandria Academy, still the preeminent place for you to learn all about the Gnostics. And as I've said before, these days, if you join the Virtual Alexandria Academy, you will get the entire Meet the Archons conference for free an extra 15 hours of content that is simply amazing from the best and brightest today in Gnostic studies. And so glad to see you here on this Mercury Day. Exciting show because we will be talking about the tarot. And for this, we, are, we have the pleasure of being joined by Jeff Polari. Jeff, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks a ton for having me, Miguel. Pleasure is all mine. And with us, too, we've got the original Terrosophist, the Moondog Vance. Vance, how are you doing? I'm fine. Looking forward to a good show. It's in the cards. It's in the cards. Oh, snap. <laughs> also, I just had my cat come over here. I got Moon Dance. A little com <laughs> compliment to Moondog. Hey there. there you go. There He's got you real go. owl kitty vibes. All yeah, right. yeah. Cool. He's, a, he's a serious magician, man. Good to see him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Well, as always, and I'll hopefully not forget to remind you, if you have questions for Jeff or comments or uh, insults for me, please uh, super chat, super chat them in the in the chat. And please don't uh, don't make the chat room into the chatico full of witticos. But usually everybody behaves pretty well there in the chat. So everything should be fine. I already see Sunshine Valerie. I see Mr. Chester himself, some other good people. So always nice to see you, as they say. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, and as they say, uh, don't mind the insults. Uh, just putting out the show last night on or yesterday on the Freemasons. I've gotten some blowback, some angry emails uh, with some nasty words because I guess some people still still want to think and perhaps they're right that the freemasons are the greatest evil upon the earth but why well, do i have to get the fu's i don't know i'm just well, here you know, miguel i wanted to jump in right on that i just made a sure. video on the hanged man that was my most recent video i did about uh, this and i just wanted to say you know just because you know making waves is kind of what's the theme of that hanged man because the gesture that i made for the hanged man was to hang loose and you know that's like a surfer's thing so you know if you are making waves Maybe some people might be going down. Other people, you know, are going to get up on that surfboard and they're going to go with it, you know? So, yeah. Uh, indeed, indeed. But, uh, yeah, but of course here at AM Byte, I don't, uh, if somebody sends me a nasty email, I don't even block them. I've never taken any comment off YouTube. I, I just don't. It's like, hey, most of the time you're just projecting your own stuff. If you want to have a conversation, just let me know again. I am here getting the the most accepted and rejected scholars and provocateurs to your attention. That's my job, and I shall continue doing that. Um, yeah, and uh, nothing else. I guess I'll do some housekeeping later on. Next week, we have Ian from, uh, I think it used to be Gnostic Music Decoding. He'll be on, he'll be on again for, I think, his fourth show to, again, look deep inside or deep under the hood of the symbolism of a lot of our pop culture heroes and songs and all that. So check it out next week. And uh, yeah, plenty of other good shows coming in August and also September, along with Earth, Wind, and Fire. So I guess we should start with you, Jeff. I'm sure this is your first time here. So why don't you let the audience know how did you become a heretic and damn your soul and come all the way here to, uh, yeah, what sent, what sent you to uh, do what you do today? Uh, more than anything, it was love. I met a woman who I consider to be like umpteenth level shaman. And she was like total Morpheus for me. She just ripped the veil of reality. She warned me beforehand, too. She's like, you want to get into this? And I was like, for sure. You know, I'm, I'm a Gemini. And I had like this like ultra space cadet ego. I was like, I was in the black hole. That's how high up I was. I was fearless. And then 
I just got smashed to Earth. She's a Capricorn. Okay, so she's this in- incredible Earth energy, and she's full on, you know, what Capricorn is, which you can learn from the devil, uh, which in- is the devil in the tarot. I'm sorry, but that's every- all the tarot shows you, like, what each astrology archetype is and it's like image format so capricorn the goat they show it in in the tarot that's that's like the devil and uh yeah so anyways that experience for me was like the supreme gnosis i figured everything out and from that point on i thought i was like just in the desert uh in my in my reality you know and there was only like these oasises of synchronicity uh and so we can get more into like what that real gnosis was but the tarot was like a constant touchstone for me as I went on this journey. And then it kept on building until I got to uh, the Toth deck of Aliester Crowley. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was great. And then finally I got to actually reading his works. And then this is what's so amazing. This is why I swear by the tarot. So I'm in Minnesota, which is the uh, Lyme's disease capital of the world. And, I mean, right in the Pine County region. I mean, it's just everywhere. They say it's up to like 75% of people. And I got it. Out. Out I'm wow. doing sustainability and stuff. And so when you get Lyme disease, it's like uh, it's like a mind, body, spirit thing. Because it's almost like the entities like take over. And I was having like true demonic possessions where you can literally feel the stuff under your skin. And your whole reality is crumbling beneath you. Even more so than what I knew before that. And... So it was this real dark, dark time. And then I found Crowley's works. And then I got to actually go to like the very deepest part of like what that represents. Like the corruption went to the maximum grade. I think I personally discovered like the innermost teaching of Crowley's system. I think I reached the very bottom of reality and then came back out on the top because that's his philosophy is that when you get to the throne of earth, that is like where the spirit resides. And then, so you come back out the top, which is, you kind of see this in his Ouroboros card that he has for the two of pentacles, uh, which is a snake biting its own tail. And it's got a crown. So anyways, uh, I did, I actually cured myself of Lyme disease using the magical practices associated with this. I didn't do much else. I did some herb stuff, a lot of other things you have to do afterwards to kind of maintain that. But essentially, you know, I kind of like, I don't know. They like I got through it, and there's some cool stuff I could talk about besides that. But that's enough about about me, I think. Unless there's any questions. No, no, it's great. No, please feel uh, continue or bring up when you uh, want to talk about your journey because we're all here on a journey, and it's always good to learn. Yeah, the, I don't know about the limes capital of the world, but uh, I guess somebody's got to have somebody. I live in the middle of nowhere in unincorporated land, and there's nothing here. But then last night. Uh, I think four miles down and when we drive to a town to ballet, we, we even know the house, somebody went crazy and shot up their family, you know, four people murdered. That's like the first time in a hundred years that anything like this has happened. So it's uh, yeah, things happen and, and we got to talk about. So my wife of course is freaking out. I'm just, I'm of course very sad that again, we live in a time where people just snap and you don't know where or when they're going to snap. So yeah, keep yeah. doing that magic, right, Jeff? Keep that magic yeah. around you. Protect Stay yourself. in the zone, right? You know, read the signs. I kind of feel like uh, that kind of energy reminds me of, like, this idea that everything kind of echoes, mm-hmm. you know, forward and backwards in time. So, exactly. you know, you have, a, like, I remember there's certain experiences that have been really bad, and then I come back around to that time, everything's good, but still something might come back just to kind of remind me. And then it goes back the other way, too, you know? Got to pay attention to that sense and you know, also stay vigilant all the time. Exactly. Spirit world, mind world, body world, every world. And it's interesting too, because uh, you sent me your video, the most recent one you made, and it was 19 minutes. And it's excellent because again, I love how once you start talking about archetypes, you had me at hello, right? Because you're getting (laughs) deep into the symbolism, into the Jungian, Gnostic, Platonic world that we love here at Aeon Byte. But I was like, oh, I I closed the tab or whatever, and I was like, oh, I'll just go to YouTube, Jeff Polari. I'm like, oh, wow, there's Jeff uh, interviewing Jason Reza Giorgiani on Jason's channel. Are you like his unofficial host? I don't know. This guy, he really <laughs> likes to talk to me. 
I think because I really take him seriously. Uh, one of the things that came apart of like, I went through that magical period in my life where I was following Crowley's teachings. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's something about like magic, like true magic. It involves a level of madness, uh, which is something you can read about in Susanna Clark's book, Fiction uh, Range of that lost you for a second. Ten. Right when you were saying the book, too. That's what was that? The, what was the book again? Sorry, you oh, glitched for a second. Uh, okay, so it's from Susanna Clark, and it's Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell, which is about okay. these, like, 18th century uh, Victorian-era um, magicians in England kind of working on the revival of magic from the mm-hmm. good old days back when, like, the alchemists were doing it. And there's, well, there's kind of this, like there's this incredible thing that happens. It has to do with like, you can only really tap into real magic when you're just totally insane. And that's what that was me when I had Lyme's disease. I had, mm-hmm. I was just, my reality was crumbling, but uh, you know, I actually got past that because I got better. And now I don't have the ability to like conjure the gods like I used to, but mm-hmm. actually I found that reading books is really like the absolute pinnacle now for me and my philosophy of what it means to be like a magician. And because if you think about it, uh, an author is somebody who is like a God unto the world they create. That's like the, and there's like, and the characters can be alive when you really get into these great books. I mean, literally like they can be more real than the real. And so I take reading to be and writing to be one of the absolute pinnacles of, you know, like what it means to be a human, what it means to be a creator. And uh, I connected with Jason's work a while ago. And, you know, I think when I see what he's done, I think he is like the absolute best philosopher. And so his books, his writing, you know, like I always am just like so appreciative of what he's done. And I follow it very consistently. I have a very strong memory for uh, seeing what he's done. So, yeah. And then also I've got like other things I'm doing with his work. Like I've really done a great job of applying his work to the real world. Like I have real life experiences that follow not only Prometheus and Atlas, which Mm -hmm. led me to get LASIK. Like that book gave me the inspiration to get LASIK uh, because it was showing how you can use technology to overcome your natural limitations, which was like a bias I had, you know, like I thought like, you know, nature was God kind of like the Sophia principle was nature. And that was like what I had to like honor was like my own kind of limitations. And then that book, actually inspired me to get LASIK uh, on my 10,000th day of live. I figured out when that time is. It's when you're 27 and a half. Something for our younger viewers. If you want to celebrate a special day in your life, look to when you turn 10,000 days old, which is somewhere in about your 27th year. And then anyways, so I now believe in the power of books and I read Jason and he lets me interview him. And it's just a tremendous honor. Yeah, yeah, but it's a blast. Uh, I've listened to some of the interviews. Yeah, very true on the books. Uh, I think Gordon recently tweeted, uh, uh, pretend whenever you read a scripture or a book that it was written for you, that the author had you in mind, because, and that's the truth. He did have you in mind, and as guest Charles Stein said, the text is the secret. There is an unknowable sublime secret in these texts you don't even have to try to be like everybody else and figure it out uh the, the what stirs within you is the is is the secret the secret to your your journey and as i say sometimes or most of the time you don't pick books uh, books pick you uh, or as oh, jung yeah. said you we don't pick our ideas ideas pick us just like your ideas on the tarot you are the vessel for something greater so i have unless of course you're a secret nordic and this is all some sort of game but (laughs) giant psyop yeah yeah, we'll figure you out before the end of the show (laughs) you know i think that's that's something we're gonna i'm gonna do and i'm gonna talk about uh and i'm writing a new book right now it's about the nordics that's about the next thing that's coming up yeah i've got this really huge social movement that i've seen that's been spun and anyways, if you want to look at it from an astrological perspective, that's the the age of Aquarius right there. We have the, mm-hmm. you know, the blonde figure in the tarot. It's this uh, character. It's oh, like yeah. a star. And that is the sign of Aquarius. And she's just a Nordic. So, you know, you have to be very careful 
when you're looking at this because you know it's like they got the the fish one and they all with Jesus and then they also got the Aries one with Moses so you know you kind of have to be ready for what's coming next okay so to get real with the audience here mm -hmm. uh the what we're talking about is the entire astrological system and the procession of the equinoxes okay yeah. so which is the foundation of what I wrote I wrote the book Arcane Arcade. It's a book that takes the tarot, turns it into these 22 hand gestures, because those are the 22 major archetypes of the tarot, which are the most important ones that you need to know in order to play the game of life. Uh, and it gives you basically like the rules of what these archetypes represent when you understand numerology. And numerology is basically like the code system in the, in the game. I think of it as like chess, right? A lot of people are playing checkers, like God versus the devil. No, there's like so many other pieces that are involved. And numerology is like your master key for unpacking, you know, like what each different archetype does. And the tarot is like the master cipher of numerology. Okay. And that's, that's something that that's why I'm such a huge fan of the tarot because each number makes so much sense. And then each one of my chapters really builds off the numerical principle and understanding what component of consciousness this represents. Uh, some, you know, also like shout out to the Kabbalah, which also is like a platonic system representing the way that each form from the original monad kind of like manifests itself. But what I'm going to is just that, okay, so there's these ages that the Earth's like tilt turns to, and like we're entering the age of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, my, my, my goal with this work is for people to not be beholden to any one age. I want, I want people to have every single age in mind. Like we're entering the new aeon of Aquarius, you know, shout out to Aeon Bite. So happy to be on here. You know, that this idea of Aeon is like the idea of like living time. And right. so I want everyone to have the ability to go to like any kind of consciousness, any kind of time. I want people to have like perspectivalism. And that means being able to put your, your awareness wherever, you know, you can imagine it would be with like these different types of Aeons that have gone past. And that's what my book is mainly the goal to educate people. But I made it into a game that people can do that's based upon the procession of the equinoxes. Okay. And, and so I, I'll just say what it is and then we can, we can get to the questions about what that is. Okay. But sure. the game is essentially an elemental one. Okay. So all the 22 archetypes of the tarot have a hand gesture, right? And then you also have a like element that is with that hand gesture. And there's only four elements. Everyone knows these four elements, you know, fire, water, earth, and air. Okay. And so using the system of the procession of the equinoxes, which right now we're moving from Pisces, a water sign mm -hmm. into Aquarius, an air sign. Okay. That shows that Aquarius overcomes Pisces, which is really an air sign, which we'll talk about why that's a, an air sign, not and a water sign, which some people think, okay. It's associated with the sign of Aquarius, which is a fixed air sign. And then Air beats water, and there's also a good physical reason for this. You know, like if I have a wet towel, how are you going to take care of that? I put a fan on it, okay? That's the air drying out that water or like bubbles. And then you can follow the system forward, okay? Capricorn is the, you know, earth sign of like the devil, and that's going to bring down the air. That's why like the, the earth sign, like what happened with my wife, who is this amazing Capricorn figure, just brings the air signs right back down to earth. And then you have the fire sign, which is what overcomes that like baser element, you know, this is going to like consume the wood, the life force energy of the earth. Okay. And then that's the Sagittarius, which is what's before, uh, you know, Capricorn. So you're really, you're working in reverse to what our normal yearly cycle is. But I found that this is what is the most true from the system that I, of my experience of it. And so by playing this game that I've created, uh, you know, you get to literally live in this like kind of time sphere of I'm moving through these aeons by working with the principle of like transformation that's constantly happening. And there's a lot of other added benefits of this. Primarily, it's a system that allows me to teach you the, the archetypes of the tarot in a way that you can, you know, access more readily and then share with others and hopefully overcome a lot of the biases that are associated with the tarot, like working with like magic 
woo 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 cards, you know, or or you know, like people don't want to get involved with all of that. This allows you to like jump right into a game, and then you know, on the side of it, the game itself is phenomenal. The game itself is a giant synchronicity system, so that when you play, maybe we'll play with with uh, Moon Dog and, and Miguel here. We can all we can play this game, uh, and then we can like learn about each other through the principle of synchronicity because whatever archetype you want to choose, uh, Miguel, can you pull up the, the, the sure. chart so the audience can finally see, I should have asked for that sooner. All yeah. Right. So this is my game map and you can literally play the whole game off of this poster. Okay. So because every the poster's in your book, right? So people, Oh know yeah. It's the in the book. And then I forgot to say, it's also an app you can download for free now on the play store. Just type in handmade tarot game links in this video. And so, yeah, this will allow you to like understand each one of the 22 gestures. And then based upon the color of the orb that the gesture is in, you can know what element that hand gesture, that archetype represents. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you can then see that the water takes over the fire, the earth takes over uh, fire over earth, earth over air, air over water and so on. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a dual system. And I personally feel really excited about this because it's a game. And if you look at like where the tarot really came from, it's an absolute mystery. You know, we think it's like the gypsy Roman Romanian people, uh, you know, the Rome Roma people who brought the tarot forth, but like maybe the knowledge is even older than that. And I've heard uh, some sources, uh, Israel Regardi, and then also Michael Tessarian, Right. Uh, Michael Tessarian is my my chief teacher on the tarot uh, after like Crowley, like neck and neck, really, uh, you know, saying that this type of system comes from ancient Egypt mm. and in particular Alexandria. Again, you know, virtual Alexandria, happy to be <laughs> here. Apparently, the idea was that they knew that the Christians were like going to burn their their setup. They saw the, sh the changing tides that. You know, the, the gnosis of the ancient world was going to be overtaken by a new age. So what they did was they created this game, this the idea of these of these images that, that would basically encode a, like an older understanding of before this present age took over. So they made it into a game so that it wouldn't be destroyed, so that people would play around with these archetypes and they'd get seated in our unconscious till we were right. ready to like let them bloom. And that's what I'm trying to do today. I'm trying to basically incept the consciousness of the planet by giving people these like fun archetypal gestures that allow them to suddenly understand like the much bigger cosmic picture of what's going on here today. No, it makes sense. Yeah, I love this quote at the beginning of your book, using the tarot only for divination is like using a car only to store engine, uh, store gasoline, sorry. So there is so much more to it, but to unpack it, especially I read the book, so of course I'm getting it, but what these, you say it's like a, a special type of rock, paper, scissors. How do yeah. we play this? Okay. How do I play this game? I need the poster, a deck, really? and yeah, then just hand the poster. Gesture, or how do I, what's, yeah. So give us the two ways to play, right? You can play, oh, three ways now that I have an app. First of all, we can play in this video. Okay, the and everyone at home can play with this 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 image right here. You just basically you just go T A R and then on the O, you just make whatever hand gesture you want to make. Okay, and I just choose whatever one stands out to me. Okay, and that's why I consider this like a Rorschach test of right. your psyche. Okay, you make that gesture, and then someone else makes their gesture, and then you get to compare. You know the gestures. And from there, you get to see who won that little standoff and why, okay? And from there, you get to, like, learn. Like, I'm supposed to learn from this person or I'm supposed to teach this person the lesson of my archetype depending on which one I chose. And then you can also play against the tarot itself. Mm -hmm. If you just put the 22 major arcana together, you can just flip up a card at the same time that you make the gesture. So now you can also use this as a way to play against the tarot, which actually makes every reading you possibly do like a double, like you know, like a dynamic reading of what I'm feeling versus what the tarot is teaching, you know? And this supposes that maybe you could even teach the tarot something. If you beat the tarot, uh -huh. maybe this is your way of saying, I'm going to show the tarot what's really going on here today. 
And I believe that this is dynamic because, um, you know, there is no absolutes in life. Everything's in relation. So that's why I built this game. I want the tarot to be made anew. You know, I'm I'm giving a new way of working with it. It's not the only way. I've, I use tarot, you know, in lots of ways. This is just one of the ways. And then the third way you can play is by downloading my app, which then lets you play against the tarot, you know, on your phone. The tarot can play against you. Or you can also use it with your with your friends, and it's a two-player mode. Uh, but yeah, if you learn the, the, the poster here, you can play with a whole party of people. I've done that where everyone in the party makes a gesture and then I'm able to show, okay, you guys are together on this particular wavelength and you're Whoops. these people over here this is their wavelength. Well, okay. So how it would work. let's say, for example, I'm playing Vance and I mm-hmm. do number 18. I do the white supremacy sign. Isn't that what it is today? Okay, you're looking at 18. I'll probably get banned for using it. But then Vance, he decides to do death. Okay, oh, so yeah, you're looking at uh, 10 there is the Wheel of Fortune, which is the, by the way, white supremacy. Okay, it's the Gyan Mudra from yoga. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Okay I symbol. do it all the time. Yeah, and, and this symbol is really powerful. This is one of my most powerful chapters of my deck. I didn't know it was white supremacy symbol. It's actually the symbol of the app when you when you download it. So that's funny. But essentially, okay, you have death as a water archetype because okay. it's a Scorpio sign, but it's also because 13. okay, yeah, cool. it's the idea that in order to get to the new life, you know, you need to first die, which is why people are baptized with water. It's kind of like washing away your old personality. But the Wheel of Fortune is this air sign. It's associated with like Jupiter. It's also seen in the tarot as like, uh, you know, like this wheel, this disc in the clouds. You know, it's kind of associated with like Ezekiel's vision of the wheel within wheels. So like a, a genuine UFO sighting. So this is what I correlate with the numeric principle of number 10, which represents like the greater order that emerges. And I consider this also a sign of technology. But basically, it's my way of saying that, you know, the technology of the Wheel of Fortune overcomes death. Like, that's why we die is so that like we can go further. You know, it's an expansive force. That's what this idea of the air is, is that it's an expander and it uh, leads to new experiences. And then the death archetype is more about like this transformational uh, stage that we're in because of the nature of water to transform to like whatever vessel it's in. So in that sense, Miguel won, Moondog lost. And, you know, oh, Moondog man. gets to learn from <laughs> Miguel in this instance that, okay, whatever is holding me down, whatever I'm really thinking about with death right now, it's really teaching me to move forward into fortune. Right. Okay. And and it could have been completely different. It could have been Miguel as like the magician, which is the snap gesture. Okay. And then, you know, Moondog was death. And at that point, Miguel's like, okay, there's some things you can't magic <coughs> your way out of. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's an important lesson for us to really connect deeper with our emotions because Okay, this is, again, uh, uh, the part of the system of this. People are just thinking these air, water, fire, earth are just like these abstract elements, you know, like we just make them up basically or whatever. Well, they actually represent like the quintessence of man. The air Mm -hmm. is the social, intellectual element. The water is like the feeling, emotional side of your being that has to do with like love. The fire is like the spiritual creative like energetic side of you and then the earth is like your grounded material reality and so the idea is that by working with these archetypes all together you actually get to like use each side of yourself more fully like i should be able to move from being all like charged up with my fire to you know also being able to like step back into my emotions and like be more real with myself and not try and overcome stuff and and so on and so forth Great, thank you. What do you think, Vance? Questions? From yeah, you? Um, number nineteen. Well, no, I think I see the annotation on that. Twenty-eight. I guess. Uh, I'm sorry. That's is that a 20? twenty? Twenty. Twenty. I might have to yeah. change that that particular font. I liked how it's old school, but I'm seeing that uh, you know people sometimes now are reading it as not the the number. Yeah, it's twenty. Yeah, the zero looks a little bit like eight. So twenty. Uh, I guess that's a dual one. Either it's fire and air, or water and earth. Yeah. So yep. What so. Happened? What happens yeah. uh, when you so pick that's a you're getting into the particulars, and this is an area that I had to create uh two archetypes needed to be changed to a variable standpoint 
because they are the tarot is 22 total archetypes and you can't break down 22 by four it's not divisible right. by four but 20 is okay so two cards needed to be given a special interpretation and the two cards that got this were the sun okay which is uh somehow i sent you the wrong gesture oh my god i'm sorry miguel uh, this is an older this is an older uh plate i should have given you I made an update. I'm sorry, my audience. I made. I was ill prepared for this because this book has gone through two previous editions. But in the most recent edition, I'm so sorry for this, you guys. Oh, that's okay, it's, no worries. It's really. It's actually the Mithraic ah. salute of no. of showing your your hand above your eye, like the military salute. It actually goes back to mi- the the worship of Mithra, which is the sign of the unconquerable sun. So please disregard number nineteen. If you go to my app handmade tarot game in the play store you can download this and it will have the correct the correct sign uh so sorry everybody but so anyways that the sun gesture okay the sun archetype can be any of the four elements and you just determine it by what day it is in the yearly calendar we're in the sign of leo okay so leo is a fire gesture uh, and so because it's the strength card okay uh and so that shows you that if you make the Mithraic gesture of the sun. Okay, that's today. It's fire, and that means it beats all of the earth archetypes. It beats the devil. You know, the fire. That's my like one of the great ideas. Like, okay, people are like scared of the devil or something, and it's like, nope. The, the if you're strong enough, you can take the devil on. You know, if you're like magical enough, you can beat the devil. That's what Faust was. You know, like he's the magician. Uh-huh. He beat the devil. Okay, so don't be afraid. You need to rise to that occasion. There's fire. Okay, so that's the sun archetype. Now, the judgment archetype, okay, that's either up or down. Okay, if you point down, that indicates that you are making the gesture of uh, water or earth. Okay, you can see uh, in the glyph at the very center of this. Miguel, can you pull up the mandala I sent you so people can get a full picture? Is it this one or the next one? That one. Okay, so what you have here are the alchemical symbols for water and earth and air and fire. And basically with the judgment archetype, you make the hand gesture that's associated with these glyphs. If you point upwards, you're pointing upwards for fire and air. If you point downwards, you're pointing for water and earth. And these point up, you know, like fire and air point up because they're both ascending energies. When you're embodying an air archetype, you're ascending. That's why I was like in the clouds in my youth. You know, I'm like super intellectual, like so intellectual, it's, you know, like way out there. And the same is true for people who are so fiery. They just can take on anything. You know, they're, they're also, it's an ascension energy. Whereas people who are more watery, you know, if you're in the water archetypes, your astrology sign falls in one of the water signs or the earth. Okay. You're way more practically grounded. You're in the earth. Your energy is tending to go down into like the more creative side of life, you know, where, you know, it's, it's more like interlocking. So anyways, that's what the judgment makes. Now, how does that work in my game? Essentially you win. If you make what, if your gesture you make is mirrored in your opponent. That's why I say, this is the judgment card. If I have good enough judgment to guess like Miguel, he's like the magician guy. I'm going to make this point up gesture. I'm going to point upwards. Okay. Right here, because I think that he's going to make a fire or an air sign. That's how he's feeling. That means that I would win if I guessed that correctly, because I had good judgment and we can, you know, that chapter is like the most esoteric out of all of my books. So I'm glad I get to actually explain like what's going on there and the same, but if I'm wrong, he's water or he's earth. Okay. I had bad judgment. I lost that little game. And Essentially, it's like rock, paper, scissors. It's like, but it's like 2.0 to infinity because now there's like infinite meaning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that that is how you work with that judgment card. I think the rest of the sim- si- si- uh, system is a lot more like simple than that uh, to, to work with. But those are the two that are the most difficult. So they're kind of like the expert level of this. Um, but, you know, if you can just follow what I said, you would be able to do this every single time you play the game. If you can just understand like where the system is at and uh, it's like a letter system. Like my advice to the people watching this is that like the tarot is the alphabet 
of the unconscious archetypes. Okay. Mm. Everyone knows an alphabet. Okay. Some people should know, like I know like the Nordic alphabet as well. You can get to know the tarot one through this work, which gives you like the philosophical grounding principles of each of these archetypes based upon their numerology. You learn this is like an alphabet and, uh, yeah, that this learning of the alphabet of, of like the stars is in my intro because if you this is something I, I discovered. I'm a father and I made this game a lot for like kids as well because I want children to have this system. I hope that parents learn this and teach this to their kids so that that way they the kids can be kind of like given the container of the tarot to work with. Uh, you know, personally, I, I entered with this like Lyme's disease story and the tarot helped me, but I didn't say how it helped me. So what actually happened was the tarot is considered to be like a living temple. That's what Aleister Crowley says. It's like the cards themselves are alive and they build like a nomadic cathedral. That's something that Alejandro Jordawaski calls this, like a, like a place that you can build anywhere you at with where anywhere you are within yourself to have this like, you know, ascension. Anyways, the, the value though of this for me is what I'm trying to say is that the tarot is like a container. It allows you to take all of your psychic energies and put them within this deck of cards, you know, it's like a complete mirror system. And it includes the devil archetype, the dark shadow, the ooh, ooh, scary. But suddenly you have it on the table and it's connected to these other cards. And it's not suddenly like working in the shadows to direct your life. And, you know, you calling it fate, like Carl Jung said, now you have this like is out there. And this allows you to, you know, really get further into like your own self because no longer are you being as controlled so anyways oh, i lost track because i saw a comment but anyways uh, i'm sorry about that but yeah wanted to so people sending you some love from the chatico i wanted to include that so you don't miss it uh no <laughs> i, I no. love the appreciation i'm so happy to be here um <laughs> yeah. but anyways, let, so let me take all the hate mail for it jeff you get all the good mail <laughs> no i really i really do appreciate that i um I was trying to say that this is something that the kids the kids can learn. So right, that's right. yeah. <laughs> I forget where where I was going with that. I got No, really no, right. it's uh, I think it's great uh again uh I'm going to might do it with my kids again. Sometimes I don't understand my wife. She's an orthodox Catholic and all worried about everybody going to hell, but she does my tarot readings Are you and then serious? she does Are you my serious? tarot readings and now she's with my daughter watching Charmed. I'm like, "Okay, yeah. that's good." <laughs> yeah, right. No, I I was raised in uh, Catholic uh, for 13 years. I went to Catholic private school, <laughs> you know, and so yeah, like I feel like that kind of religion, like definitely has like the magical side. Yeah, yeah there's a wriggle, wriggle, wiggle room to slip in some cool stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, awesome. Does that make sense to you, Vance? Uh, again, I read the book. What do you think? Well, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, good, good. Um, very much. You know, I'm I'm familiar. I read the uh, the book of Toth and I know Crowley's Crowley's work on his deck uh, several times. I got a couple of Crowley decks, and so I'm familiar with these concepts of you know the the uh, major arcana being the uh, representatives of you know subconscious archetypes and so forth. It's uh, it's all it's all true. It's all true. My book. Yeah, and like yeah. Uh, Jeff writes, this is. Uh, I like it. It's a guidebook to the self. Again, that's mm -hmm. what it is. I mean, what we all want. I mean, what did Crowley himself said? The the most important thing in life is to make contact with your holy guardian angel. And yeah. a, you can say the holy guardian angel is simply our daemon, our higher self. It's who we are. It's what we're, you know, our true will, if you would. So this allows us, It well, it makes it easier or it's a, an avenue to understand who we truly are, right, Jeff? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's really the gnosis that I was, like, leading to with the introduction. I am all about selfhood. I, I honestly can't see enough talk about the literal, like, value of selfhood. So that's what I would like to see from this is that people raise their consciousness up. I have two chapters that talk about selfhood very seriously. Yeah. The one that gets it the most, though, is the moon chapter, uh, number 18. 
Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, if you add up the one and the eight together uh, through the principle of like that geometria reduction, you get to nine, the hermit, which is really you being with yourself. And so, you know, for me, that that moon card really represents the journey of individuation. So if you get, if you are curious about the kind of the pitfalls of that and like the rewards, you got to go look at, you know, what that moon archetype represents, because that's really about you kind of like communing with like yourself, like, you know, when just the moon is up and it's just you, you know, you're like in the dark, then you're with yourself. Uh, you know, from my own experience, for example, like when I, oh yeah, I was going to say that essentially the tarot gave me the container for my darkness of the Lyme's disease. Like I got all the way to the very bottom level of reality. And then I wasn't scared anymore because here's what happens when you have all these boogeymen that you're scared of. Then are the thing that you're most afraid of. You are that eternal, you know, force that, that you're working with. So, yeah, I really, really hope that people get from this book, uh, you know, the idea of selfhood. But I am right. Like after I complete my Closer Encounters book, I'm going to be writing a book that's called Atlas the Self. Mm. And that will be I like my own kind of like understanding of the archetype of Atlas, which Jason Reza Giorgiani puts up in his Prometheus and Atlas as the archetype of the self. Because I don't think there's any image that we have like in our collective unconscious that is more like emblematic of what it means to be a self than it is to see Atlas holding up the world because there's just no image that's more like against the idea of the group, you know, like that's really what we're dealing with here. From like our world, our worldview perspective is like each of us has to figure out our own reality. And what really complicates that is when we have other people telling us what to believe or who we are. And the same is true when we tell other people what to do and who, who they should be as a kind of like delay mechanism from going on this individuation journey, which is like cosmic. It's, a you know, it confronts you really deeply to like open up to like who you really are beyond all the conditioning. And so, yeah, that, that's like, that's what I think of as like true gnosis, because, you know, I like the definition of gnosis that I've got from Peter Carroll's book, uh, like the chaos magic book, no. where he's like, gnosis is just like when you're like completely focused in on this thing, when you have like no distractions whatsoever, you're like completely one with whatever you're doing. And I think that to me is like very indicative of the self because what could be, what, how could you be more one than when you're totally yourself? So that way, in that way, I think of the, the self as like the goal and like the journey of this whole process. That's the fool's journey, right? Through yeah. the spheres, through the various stages and through where we need to go to find who we truly are. I mean, what did Jung say? The world will ask you who you are, and if you don't answer, it will tell you. So have a little urgency because the world is always trying to tell you who you are, and it's not the real you. Yeah, it's good it's good to follow those clues, right? That's like that's how I did this. I was curious, you know, and you definitely get the, the idea that like the world is trying to reach out to you. So like, uh, you know, in the tarot game that I built, the fool gesture is the opening one of the tarot. Okay. It's, it's archetype zero. It's mm -hmm. a very foundational archetype of the tarot. It's the most important, like esoteric truth you can understand is the, our idea of the fool at zero. And I have it as like the wave. And I bring this up because like I said, like sometimes the universe is like almost like waving at you. Okay. To like, yeah. Hey, like wake up and, and notice me. And uh, so when, when I put this in the, in the very beginning of my book, like that's, that's the fool is this wave. I'm basically implying like the, the fool teaches us that like life's a game, you know, it's like, it's like the fool. Most people actually already know this card from the playing card deck, which was derived from the tarot. And this is right. where it's the joker. Okay. So the fool represents like the wild man, the wild man archetype, which is why, you know, April fool's day is like in spring. And so like in spring, it's like, that's when the, the energies of nature are suddenly coming up. He's wearing a green, like shawl thing, this crazy outfit. 
Uh, and so then he represents like the new life of nature, kind of like overcoming the the cold of winter, which you can actually see now. I'm seeing this for the first time. Oh, yeah, that's like the winter mountains are being melted by the sun. And so this really represents like the mountains of like our rationality, you know, which is where the idea comes that like only madness can save you like from like that's the only way that you can be saved from, you know, like the constraints of horizon, which is William Blake's like demiurge. Okay, so you need to have like this imaginative worldview to like break yourself free. And so, yeah, the fool represents this consciousness because, you know, he's the number zero. He's like the fool doesn't fit in anywhere. Okay, that's like, you know, this whole like in group out group thing. Like that's what killed Christ. The in group out group problem. People like trying to like fit into a certain group and then they're like, you don't belong to my group and you threaten my group. Okay, so then I got to kill you. Well, like the fool archetype is like the represents the inner child that we all have to like just play around and have fun. But also the even deeper level of that is like the cosmic truth at at very zero that there is no meaning. Okay. Like ultimately in, in life, there's no real point to any of this that we're doing except maybe just to have fun and to go on your own journey to like make up your own stuff. Because if there was ever an actual purpose to life, it would actually impede your ability to, to like have free will because everything in your life would just be telling you, go do this one thing, you know, which is why I made it like the gesture of the fool is like a wave. It's a friendly thing. You know, it's like, maybe like, Hey, your true will is over here. Do you see me? Like, I'm not (laughs) slapping you to go do it. You know, I'm not poking you to go do it. I'm just waving. And then in my book, I was really proud of this. Like what you understand is that the open hand gesture like this is actually beyond duality because it can mean both that like, I'm willing to like receive something like, Hey, I'll take that. Or it can be like, I'm giving you something like, Hey, I'm going to give you a good hand. I'm going to give you my hand here. So it represents like the embodied reality of like, that's beyond the mental paradigms of like, you know, receiving or like taking, I mean, you know, of like giving or receiving, you know? So then that open, that open hand is like your own like way to understand that there is a reality that's beyond duality. And that is the fool. Well said indeed. Yeah. You know, one thing I liked about uh, your uh, app on, on the, uh, on the uh, mobile is the learn mode where you can actually see each card and get a description, you know, some quotes from people yeah. about the cards in the learn mode. So not a, there's game and the learn mode. I like that. Yeah, I made the I gave the book away for free. That's the fun thing. Okay. I wanted people to have this so bad that I just put the entire book I wrote, which is 150 pages. There's an actually there's additional material where you can actually turn this game system into a board game, which is on my actual Amazon book. You can see there's like more if you want to play like a really serious board game. You can like then use the hand gestures to like win points in the archetypes and then like take them away from people if you like can charge into other people's territory. There's a game map that you can print out and stuff. But with the with the fool there, what I was what I was glad about was like, okay. People can have the entire book for free off of the internet, you know, like you can just download this. And this is my way of saying I want the whole world to have this. But this is also for me, kind of like my love letter to the fool, you know, that this fool archetype is really like really personal to me in my own journey. Uh, Because growing up, I was like the class clown. And like, I made people laugh like crazy. Like anyone who had me like around, like I could make them laugh, but I was also very self-deprecating too, because I just didn't see the point of like trying to pretend to be something I'm not like, I'd rather like make you laugh by like making fun of myself than it would be for me to, you know, try and fit in. And and then that, that as a kid, I didn't realize that I was extremely alienated by this, but mm-hmm. it turns out that that alienation and like basically having no friends growing up, this allowed me to come to like myself so much faster in my life. I came to myself at such a young age and I'm now in the country living off on my own in, in my own kind of world, basically with my family now, my wife and, and my kid. But like I was willing to go on that journey at a very early age because I understood the energy of that fool 
so fundamentally that that's where the true life force is. It's in humor. It's in, you know, unpretentiousness. And so I think that the book being free aligns it with the energy of the fool, this fool card, because he's, he's zero. He represents the, you know, primal spark of creation, which is chaos, which is everywhere. And so that's my way of saying, okay, I want this book to be everywhere. I want this to be something that's as common as rock, paper, scissors, but for people who are actually interested in playing a game that has more than just three rules. Well said indeed. Yeah. And, uh, very excited about it. Yeah. But he, right now you can't get it on uh, iPhone, right? No, uh, anyone who wants to make a donation to my, uh, you know, Patreon, which is something you can find in the app, <laughs> I will get it. I will just like put a bank, put, put it away and I will outsource this to iPhone. I actually had a great experience with getting outsourcing for someone to build this app. Uh, if anyone's interested in having an app built, I'll just, you know, I'll like, if you just reach out to me, which there's a couple of ways you can do it through this video, for example, um, you probably will have like, a link or something to my own YouTube channel, nice. which is the quest, the quest on channel, which is a pun on the idea of the word question. But if you remove the I from question, you have quest on. And then that's my way of saying the greatest question in life is who am I? And then that's why it's like an eternal quest that you're constantly on the quest on, uh, you know, which actually goes to this whole idea of the onk, by the way. I don't know if we talk, if you if you ever get to this in your school, but, you know, Aleister Crowley, he's, he emphasized that the meaning of the onk in, you know, like the ancient Egyptians was like the actual translation of onk is sandal strap. And that represents that, the right. idea of like the onk is like a shoe that you can like, you know, just keep to propel you forward. So the onk represents the fifth element, which is spirit. And so that way you can just keep going on. And so, yeah, anyone who donates to my Patreon gets to like, I'll just save that money and just use it to outsource to getting someone to build the app for Apple for, for iPhones so that everyone can have it on that sphere as well. I just happen to have Android and I don't have any Apple products, but like, obviously I hear they're pretty great. So I'd love to make that more available so that it's available. Like no matter what you got, you can still have this. Cool. Look forward to it. Yeah. For when I do look at the statistics, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it says about this show, but yeah, like 60% of the listeners on podcasts listen through Apple, uh, iTunes. So yeah, it's, well, an, it's, it's an IFO friendly crowd for Aeon Byte. I don't know what Okay, that means. well, sorry, I mean, Aeon Byte. I, ha I, have a, I have an iPhone simply because years yeah. ago I picked one up and it's what I'm used to. I could care less about Right. It. Well, I got given a smartphone. Uh, just for instance, this is cool about me. I went for up until a few months ago, I had I didn't have a smartphone. I had been working in this world with just a, you know, like little flip phone i had just been going completely without that for years you know and then just the, like someone gave me uh an android and then i was like okay well i'll just use this but if you if you're you know if you want to you guys like use just find like a free like android device or like a really cheap one and then this is my plug for something that's cool about android to like okay you don't want to just do it just for my thing but if you do have an android and you go to the play store and you type in the word plant net one word plant net you get a free app that'll let you identify any plant based and i've used this app to basically become like a master herbologist in my area like i know like all the plants around me and i know what they do because once you know the name of those plants you can just look them up on google and so then you could become wow. a master Herbologist. That's on my channel, by the way. Like I've used this to treat stuff. And it's like, that's a great, I don't know if iPhone has a free one, but okay, there it is on Android. So um, and then I'll, I'll take, I'll take any donations and I'll just put it towards getting it set up on iPhone for free. Okay. That's all. Awesome. We look forward to it when it's ready. Yeah. And uh, as far as, uh, yeah, Super Chats, uh, Chester, thank you for your donation. I know you, you man. have enjoyed, uh, You've enjoyed That's Jeff's huge. game. So, Thank you so uh, much. And, uh, yeah, very cool. And um, more or less a little on a side tangent. Always. You seem to be pretty positive about the age of Aquarius 
and about humanity's direction. Yeah. So maybe could you because then again, but then again, you put some zingers on. Here's directly from your book. <laughs> the difference between genius and stupidity is genius has its limits. Albert Einstein. And another one that jumped up. The only way to comprehend what mathematicians mean by infinity is to contemplate the extent of human stupidity. Voltaire. So, I mean, your book has a lot and it takes a lot of views of things. So, but yeah. what is it? You think we're, we're, things are getting better as the, as the Beatles saying? You know, I like what the, I'll just start with the quotes and uh, about stupidity, for example. Uh, to me, I think that we, <laughs> those quotes are actually tied to the fool chapter. Okay. And then the fool is zero. Like I've been saying, the numerology principle of zero, which is actually infinity. Okay. Uh, because if you look at the word of infinity, it really means unfinite. It's, it's mm. not definable within the bounds of finite reality. And that's the same thing of zero, okay? Approaches infinity, it's almost like it's almost like zero in its like incomprehensibleness, you know? So that's where that came in from. And I am positive about like the future because I'm, you know, I think that we can we can do anything. And I think that there is like a, po a progressive like thing that's happening right now. Uh, you know, that's like the the journey of the tarot you know the fool's journey is a progressive experience that we are on as a society and uh the idea of the progressive mentality is really fundamental to like jason Giorgiani's work where zarathustra is like history's first philosopher because while everybody else is like worshiping gods because they were like strong or sexy enough to make like rain or like crap crops grow he was like the god of the gods is wisdom and then he said the main attribute of this wisdom god is that he has a progressive mentality he you know he like made everything so that it would grow right and so i think that the actual truth of wisdom you know like which is like the the basis for like the organizing principle of our reality there's also chaos but there's this organizing principle is wisdom and that is progression so, yeah, I think that the age of Aquarius has a, like a lot of potential. It might not be perfect, but like I'm hoping that we can become meta aware enough to not be deceived into believing it's just one kind of reality. You know, like I have like I have I try and adopt multiple predict like views on reality within this book because you basically it's through this perspectival strife that you get creativity. Okay. So like, I'm all about selfhood. I think that to be real in this world, you have to make a stand against people tell, you know, against this idea of the collective, which mm -hmm. is like the entire, like some of humanity trying to like tell you who you are, what you can be. That's the matrix right there. Okay. Like the archons, we're a part of it. If you're a part of that system of telling people what they can be or can't be, you're also accepting that that's the feedback loop. And like altruism is like the programming matrix of that. That's the glue. Okay. That's what I understand. And once you deprogram altruism, you're very quickly on your way to freeing yourself uh, to become a real human being, which is where this idea of enlightenment comes from. Okay. The idea of enlightenment is like literally dropping like the baggage so that you're a lighter human being. Okay. So that's like, for me, what I'm trying to say is like, I believe in love too, though, like the age of Pisces. Okay. In my most recent video, you see, I, I, I explain that the age of Pisces, which is the age that Jesus was started with his teachings about like, love the neighbor as yourself. And like his, you know, sermon on the Mount, where things are like totally paradoxical, like the meek shall inherit the earth and the other impossibilities of all of this. What it really boils down to is astrology. Because if you look at what Pisces is in, in the sky, it's the two fish uh, that are, you know, chasing each other's tails. And so what this really shows is that like, okay, there is no separation between the two because in the Zodiac, the Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac because then it's aries which then starts the new cycle but 
the idea of putting the fish at the very end basically shows that it's like the beginning and the end are one and the same. And so with that teaching, I'm also like encouraging us to have the kind of love that could be totally free flowing and expansive. And I actually believe that that kind of love can happen when people drop altruism. Like that is way more possible when you're not being held down by these these expectations. Because once you love yourself, once you have self-love, you can do anything because now you're not like suddenly waiting till someone enters the room for you to show love. You know, you're suddenly you're in love all the time. You can have that reality. And then once it's for you, once you have that feeling inside yourself, then you can, you know, more give this to everyone else around you. And so in my book, I got these computing, competing views where I'm like, okay, selfhood is really fundamental to having psychic sovereignty and like, you know, even like hygiene, you know, you got other people's viewpoints in the back of your head telling you what to think about all these things. And that's where you get confused. And, you know, that's why the very beginning of the selfhood journey is just learning your own vibration. That's got to be the very start. And I, I believe that being fearless is the quickest way to go there. Uh, to get that, just drop fear. That's the quickest thing you can do on your journey. Don't do fear. That is like the glue of altruism too, by the way, like beneath the altruism, it's fear, you know, that people aren't going to be able to do this or that, you know, and then you, once you're beyond that state, then you're going to be realizing all of these incredible powers, like the Atlas archetype. And then you're going to be able to lift it up reality for everyone else and be like, okay, it's up here, everyone. It's not where you've been looking. It's, it's this, this is the vibe, you know? And there you have it, you shining crazy diamonds. Jeff is a rising star in the esoterica. And in our second part, we deal with some heavy themes that can assist you in your liberation. So please subscribe to this Red Pill Cafeteria for the full deck, or if you find any value in this content. There are many ways to sub and many ways to support, and one that will fit your needs or budget. If you need any help with any of the choices, just let me know. The alternative solution of the Gnostics is more critical than ever in this Philip K. Dick world and Gnostic times. But this is our time to shine, we high priests and priestesses of Hermes, the god of thieves, and Sophia, the goddess of smugglers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always.